Welcome in to Paydirt Sports, part of the Six Pack Coverage Network. Will Dundon, Nick Trucial, Seth Coggin in here for you. So much to talk about. So I can't even I can't even begin to explain it, but we're going to start talking about it. So much ball, so much football, so many coaching searches, coaching carousels, coaching dramas, coaches getting arrested. I think we'll jump into Trucial. requested that we get this out of the way early let's not get it spend over too with. much time on it everyone saw it for the most part or you heard about it vols take a giant l to in my opinion the worst two people on planet earth to take a loss to in shane beamer and spencer rattler and Seth said it before the show we could really get exposed if anyone wanted to go back on the tapes uh really like any week you could probably pick up pick out a time where we were roasting Shane Beamer and or Spencer Rattler, but especially at the beginning of the season. I mean, I don't even know where to begin. No defense was played. Like people were talking about how good Spencer Rattler played. And yeah, he threw a bunch of good balls, but also the receivers were wide open every time. Like it was, I had never, I hadn't seen anything like that before. And there was all these rumors of uh, flying around about Jeremy Banks getting in a fight the night before and half the defense being divided on who was right and all this crap about NIL deals. And I'm pretty sure that was just a bunch of made up stuff from what it sounds like. Jeremy Banks was pretty quick to, de- to defend himself on that. But I mean, at, at first it was certainly believable with the way the team played. Like that was one of the worst defensive performances I've ever seen in my life. How do you give up 63 points to South Carolina, a team that just put up six on Florida and was one of like in the bottom 20% of offense in the whole country in terms of production throughout the year. So, I mean, this is, we were talking about it uh, in a group earlier in this like text group that I'm in. I honestly don't know if the season, the, before the, the season started and you said you'll go 10 and two, but you will have a horrific 28 point loss to South Carolina to, to get knocked out of the playoffs at the end of the year. I honestly wouldn't have taken that. I would have rather just had no. a normal eight-win season. Then this happened? Are you kidding me? You can't, like, dude, you can't just erase the fact that Bama happened. Like, I know that right yeah. now it's tough and it's brutal, but, like, you'll never, you can never not have that Bama win. Like, for that night, for up, I mean, even still, like, that's an epic moment in time that, yeah, you would not trade. I promise you would not trade that for a win over. Dude, ba- no, but and let's not discount Florida either. Like I know Florida's not good, but Florida is not a team you beat a lot. You're telling me you're going to be two yeah. out of the big three rivals and LSU year? on the road. Crush like, LSU are, on the road. Yeah, Those yeah. are three massive wins. Like you don't get as a program very often. And yeah. so I think you got to take like, this was our year, man. This was it. And it was, no, see, that's the thing. It's only year two. Well, well, you can yeah, look. but we're not going to have a guy like Hendon Hooker again for at least a minute. You, you probably are. Joe. You literally have the number one like quarterback recruit in the nation coming in. Yeah, but he's not going to be yeah, a fifth true. year. He's not going to be a fifth year senior that knows this. Yeah, maybe not group. next year, but like it doesn't mean you can't sustain. sustain. I mean, you've hype. Hype has already shown his ceiling, or not even his ceiling. Like you know, there's no reason to believe he can't get back there again. You know, maybe it's not next year, but why not two years from now? Like when people are a little more developed and you have 
a whole. People, Tennessee is up now. Know, like man. you'll want, get better I transfers. Now. I don't want later. I'm serious. Like the portal will help Tennessee this year for sure. Oh yeah. Like you're gonna get some dogs in there too. Like, dude, people around the country saw like Tennessee rocking, like being the place to be this year. Uh, so I don't think you can discount that, like how much that perception, those optics do matter. Like they've already picked themselves up on, put themselves on the national spot. Like, dude, you got to number one in the country. Who cares how short lived? Like, it was I mean, sick. To, like, this this is just showing me flashbacks of like the Dak Prescott Mississippi State team. They were number one at one point. Like, yeah, and you're still and look talking at where they ended them. up. Maybe I know, more- but like you're still talking about them. Like you know, eight years after the fact. So yeah, obviously the they still is, left an like, impact. Ju- Josh Heupel's not going anywhere either. Like Dan Mullen yeah. was leaving. Some people you know? are saying he's he's gone for the NFL. No, just, he's not gone for the NFL right now. I don't know. I don't think that's happening. I don't know. That'd man. be pretty insane if he if he left for the NFL. Like good, like that'd be crazy. Yeah. But crazier things have happened. Coaching coaching is like entering a wide open time right now, where it feels like anyone can get any job. Like I feel like Yusu is truly way more. This guy's been in the program. He understands our fan. Like. He understands the situation, our fan base, all this kind of stuff. Even in the NFL, it's like this guy's been our defensive coordinator for 18 years. All right, now he's our head coach. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's like, it's not really like that anymore. Um, so, I mean, it never would surprise me. I mean, he's had a ton of success, runs offense that's innovative. I was even looking at a quote today about, you know, Andy Reid, thought of to be one of the most, you know, just great offensive minds kind of of the last 20 years, like truly innovative. And he was talking today, it was like, yeah, oftentimes, the NFL is really behind college in terms of scheme wise and all this stuff. They're able to be a little more, you know, explorative, you know, innovative at the college level. Um, and he said that even trickles up from high school, which kind of makes sense. It's like, you know, there's just way more schools. You can try to do it a lot different ways in the NFL. Everything's kind of established, like nothing. It's too exotic in the NFL, but teams, you know, innovate and go crazy kind of in college. And so if you run a really successful system, it, well, who says it won't work kind of at the higher level. So, I don't know. I wouldn't be afraid of him going to the NFL right now. And if he does, so what? Like, you know, if a coach really goes – does a move like that, it's like, so what? He elevated our program in two years, and now now our hiring process looks a lot better than it did two years ago. You're an attractive job, yeah. too, at that point. Yeah, exactly. If a coach leaves us for a better job, it's an attractive position. Not even a better job, just – I mean, if, like, jumping to the NFL is, like, hard to contest with as a college program. Cause it's like, well, how can I, I can't be the NF like leaving for a better college job is one thing, but leaving to go to a different level is like, well, you know, like he wanted to go to another level. I mean, like I can't, that is something I cannot offer as Tennessee. If he really wants to make that jump, you know, so be it. We'll get another great guy in here. And you've seen the power that, that Tennessee has. And, and I think they can, it's more sustainable. Um, I, I mean, I think it'd be good to just sustain, you know, have a throw in a 10 and two season, but, you know, never go as low as like eight and four, like get back on that level first. And then we'll think about, you know, having better 11, 12 win playoff situations. But on the other hand, you don't get many opportunities like that to make the playoff. Like I'm not, I don't want to totally downplay, um, but we are going to 12, 12 teams. That's what I was that's about, what about to say. That's why I saw your, I saw your eyes light up <laughs> down there, Will. And I said, you know what? Yeah, we are about to go 12 team. So, you know, and that's – shoot, if it's a 12-team playoff this year, you're still riding the mix. Um, so, you know, just brutal to come at South Carolina. But this is college football, man. Like, crazy stuff does happen all the time. Um, and to avoid that chaos, 
the whole part first part of the year was awesome but um now just yeah enjoy the sugar beat vandy first of all not gonna yeah. be yeah. given with Clark your back Lee I mean, has them those boys fired up yeah but i mean you should be you should still be vandy yeah um and yeah party down in nola we go to the sugar bowl and have a good good time and dude 11 and 2 sugar bowl victory that'd be awesome that'd be awesome i mean you're one of the best tennessee teams of all time if you do that yeah seriously that's that's an epic season and i think you know that south carolina loss hurts but shoot go still make the best you still are great in finish to the season ahead of you but if you i tell you what if you well if you drop the game to vandy and you know, then Bad. things things it does kind of get a little things uglier, but really but beat Vandy and win the bowl game and have a good eleven and two season and celebrate the heck out of it. Like it is what it is, and ride the momentum. Yeah, like Jill Milton is good, and we're I mean we're gonna find out uh, this upcoming. He's good week off the bench. See, I mean, yeah, just to see how he does in a full game, I'll be interested to see that. But every time he comes in, everyone was worried about his accuracy issues and that's not as much of a problem at least in garbage time so we'll see what he looks like in a full full-on game does um, he still have another year yeah yeah <laughs> it'll be he'll be he'll get one year so nice. joe if he's the truth then we've got our six-year senior qb starter to win an addy right there that's so what i'm saying you already have the guy with a rocket arm six-year senior like maybe he's kind of figured it out at this point can the offense obviously works so you know, put a lot of good players around him and let's let him let him sling it. Joe Milton revenge tour, Heisman run. That would be it awesome. Was, we were just a couple of years ahead on the Joe Milton Heisman hype. We just were two, we were two years ahead. It was the 2023. Dude, if he wins the Heisman in 2023, he will have been around for so long. Like that would just be wild. I remember Joe Milton so long ago throwing bombs at Michigan and being like, wow, that's awesome. <laughs> He's just been slinging it this whole time. Been around for a minute. But um, I, I've had enough of Tennessee. I, <laughs> I don't really. It is what it is. You, you guys have turned my hopes up a little bit more, but still, that's a stinger for sure. It's going to be a fun Sugar Bowl, and you're like it will be like, th- all right, this was awesome. We're going to you know, be a high-profile bowl game. Um and yeah, and it's even best case scenario too because you're like, well, if, the, if it was a 12 team playoff, we were in. That's what you I'm can, saying. You can already like play that card. It's like you're already on that. That that already exists in people's minds a 12 team playoff. So you can be like, look, in a few years, we're already on that level. Like if we have this season two years from now, we're in the playoff. Program building year. Program you building. Look like year. you're gonna be a. You look like you're gonna be a top 15 team for some years to come, and that's just about all you got to be going <laughs> forward. You know? Put yourself a good year. Florida had a really down year. I think Tennessee really said they still didn't get it. Georgia's still kind of top dog for the moment. Yeah. Tennessee, Tennessee's snipping at the heels, you know. that's. Uh, I just wanted another place. shot at them so bad, too. Yeah. I, yeah, that would have been nice. But Tennessee kind of fell uh, victim to what a lot of people do. That's a little bit of scoreboard watching. Like, you know, all throughout the morning, all throughout the afternoon, uh, they're kind of worried about some other games going on. Yeah, um, and then both of those games end pause like end in a Michigan win and a TCU like last second wins, and when in reality, if they had just taken care of themselves, they probably were getting in, um, but they couldn't do it. So tough. Yeah, it was it was. Spencer tough Rattler did go one of those. Spencer Rat- Rattler found magic. I don't know what happened. Uh, South Carolina bottled it up, and they really brought it this game. 
It just exploded. Yeah, he had the best game of his life. So statistically, like, improbable. Yeah. I mean, what, less than for what, for that, that. 0.3% chance. I mean, six touchdowns from Spencer Rattler? How often does that happen? Never. He then, never. He, never. Then he, <laughs> he then called it one of the best wins in college football history. Oh, well, that may be going a little too far. <laughs> I mean, it was it was in the top three only because your team was garbage, Spencer Rattler. Like, yeah, maybe it's a it's one of the top. It's a pretty big upset or like shocker, but only because your team stinks. Like, you know, because no one expected you guys to win at all. South Carolina's garbage. It was one of the the my dad was telling me this stat. It's top three all time for biggest difference uh, in terms of a, a win margin in the spread. So they were plus 22 and winning by 25, 28, whatever it was. It was, I think, number three all time, the hot, the largest. They were difference. plus 20. They were three touchdown dogs. Yeah. yeah, dude. Oh, my gosh. That's brutal. That's what makes it so crazy that you lose by almost 30 to a a three touchdown underdog. Like, that's. Ugh. Well, Arkansas's two touchdown victory over South Carolina is looking a little better to me right now. Speaking of. The season's going pretty good. Speaking of. There was another blowout in the SEC on the other on the other side on in the West Division on the Western Seth, Hemisphere. Seth, yeah. I'll let you take it away. That was present as the Arkansas Razorbacks firmly established themselves um, to be the superior program. Uh, that was a program setting night. Kind of, it's like okay, back to reality, Ole Miss. You just got dubbed up big time um, in Arkansas. You don't come to our house and expect to win. At one point. Early in the third quarter, Arkansas was up 42 to six after one minute in the. So there was still 30 minutes to play, and we were up 42 to six. It was all intents and purposes a trouncing. Uh, But to be honest, all the factors really added up. Ole Miss actually ended up with 200 yards of offense more than Arkansas. Now, so much of that was in garbage time because, I mean, it was 42 to six, and. I, I don't think we threw more than like two more passes the rest of the game really. And it was a little frustrating for all the people in attendance. Uh, Cause I stayed and it was freezing cold, tough, tough factors for Ole Miss. You know, we talked about the recipe last week for Arkansas to be LSU it was there. It was all there besides KJ. And uh, you saw how much a really good quarterback play just totally changes the team. Like a good, good teams are all around. And then you put a really, a stud quarterback, um, out there and you got that advantage over somebody and you know, you're going to win a lot of those games because Arkansas and, T- and Ole Miss probably really similar talent wise, you know, across the board, pretty similar, like both got stud running backs, you know, have some deficiencies probably on defense a little bit. Um, but I think we had the biggest advantage was at quarterback um, and KJ was healthy this week and we needed it. And it, it just, it, it brings a little a little hope and joy into kind of a frustrating season for Razorback fans. Feel like the team was a little bit better than they records going to show in the end. Lost some early games to teams they really shouldn't have. Um, but hey, go out and get a top fifteen win. I think the Lane coaching situation, which we might hop into um, a little bit right after this, I think that definitely affected the players. They just didn't have much pop out there to start the game, and Arkansas wanted it more. Um, and that shows in the rushing stats and everything like that. They just wanted they wanted that win more on a cold, cold, cold night in Fayetteville when you don't know if your coach is going to be there next week. You know, 
hogs just came to play and it was a lot of fun. It was super cold, good crowd lit. You know, it was our first SEC home night game in like uh, since 2019. Oh, no, you know, the last time we had an SEC home night game, you guys were there in Fayetteville. Oh, yeah. COVID year. Tennessee. Tennessee yeah, was Tennessee. the last one in 2020. What yeah. a weird energy that was. Not not around Arkansas, but I just mean as a Tennessee fan, like the energy around the team at that point was so weird. I feel like we were playing, like I think Bailey and Maurer both played that game. Yeah, that, they had no plan. Yeah. Yeah, they had no plan. That was That's a very good way to put it. Um, what What's Arkansas's record now? We are now 6-5 and five, heading to Missouri to end the season. Okay. So, hey, go 7-5, and five, get a pretty decent bowl, because we're still a pretty good team. They'll, they'll get a good draw. Uh, when your bowl and game and go 8-5? and five. Hey, that's not bad. Follow up 9-4 and four with 8-5. and five. I mean, it's not necessarily up, but, like, you're still kind of up. Like, like we said, I mean, like, this was a disappointing year, and we could still go 8-5. and five. It's like, okay, you know, not the end of the world. Still had a few fun wins. Um, had a really hard schedule. You know, just, like, maybe next year throw a couple cupcakes on the roster. Uh, yeah. and, and let's like get those dubs out of the way. Um, the, the A&M loss in hindsight is like the most frustrating, I think, because if we win that one, you know, things may turn out differently just because you keep the momentum going um, and just a brutal loss. And seeing them at this point is like, how did we ever lose to them? But you got to remember, I mean, like teams do this every year. It's at the beginning of the year. They're still ranked when we, they were ranked in the top 20 when we played them like the perception even from inside the program is like, we're a good team. Now mm. they know they're a bad team and it's easy. Like, you know, it's just different. Um, so just wish you could have a few back, but still a fun season. You know, we're going to line them up next year and get ready to go. There may be some changes. I was a little, I was a little, as many fans can get in irrational losses, you know, when once I can't, I got a little heated, and I'm still not against the coaching change, but I'm not inside the program. I think I got to trust. I got to trust the pit boss to know. Yeah, I was like, going to say you're talking truly coor- best. You're talking coordinator wise, just to yes. clarify. Uh, yes, I'm talking coordinator wise. I was a little tough on the coordinators, um, and sometimes deservedly so. I mean, co- people should like criticizing people. I don't think is the worst thing in the world. I mean, like they are. Hey, we talk about the man in the arena. Like the coordinators are literally the man. Like. You're, you're out there making a lot of money to coach a football team. I'm going to critique how it's coached. Um, but, yeah, I think at the at the head boss, we're in good shape. I mean, I think pit boss, um, we got to keep him around as long. Like, if he wants to be there and he's still winning a majority. Like, if we go 500 in the SEC, that's pretty good. Like, it's it's not great. It's not, it's not where we want to be. But, you know, we spent some years in the dumps. Like, it's not too bad. <laughs> it's not too bad at all. And competitive more games, too. Like, that's the thing, too. It's going to be a, a year where you go seven and five, but there's you've lost three games by a total of seven points. And it's like, you know, a few different bounces, and this season looks a lot better. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the, he built a good enough team. Now we just got to get a few more um, breaks. But anyway, fun to beat Ole Miss. Awesome, awesome night game. Uh, super cold, gritty till the end, stayed. Um, you know, just got to celebrate the win. People do not like Ole Miss and Lane Kiffin in Arkansas. They Ole Miss and Arkansas is like an underrated low-key rivalry of actual distaste for each other. Whether it's because of baseball, it happens in baseball a lot too, because those are two really solid programs. Um, and you know, so that that actually is an underrated SEC rivalry. Um, that I think is is really exciting. And they always play seem to play like crazy games. This one wasn't really close, but 
Hogs, big dubs only, man. Feels good to win some. Feels good to win some. And the basketball team's rolling now, so everything's great. I do want to talk a little bit about, before we get into the coaching carousel, just a little playoff picture. Honestly, now that uh, TCU isn't what's stopping the Vols from getting in the playoff, not that they necessarily would have. I'm all I'm all in on the Horn Frogs. Also, just an all respect to the Horn Frogs for the fact that they just keep winning close games. The fire drill at the end of the game for the field and just ne- never a doubt, like just oh, drilling cashing the field it. goal, cashing it. He didn't even like line up to the ball. I, did you know? That's what I noticed too. He didn't like step and take his steps. He just went up there and kicked it like totally cold. Man, TCU. I'm all for him. Go Horn Frogs. They do. They have something special. That's a, that's what's that's what's fun about football. Sometimes the team just has a little special factor. They just find like I really yeah. I don't think they're a, the best team in the country, but you know what? They they win games, and there's something to be said about like doing that there's consistently. Week about after winning week. that many close yeah, games. winning that many close games. That means you're good. You're putting to be a good team. You put yourself in a position to win, and they do a really great job of that. And then they finish like they not only put themselves in position to win, they are clutch. They actually and they finish. do it. Um, I'm big. Yeah. I was kind of whole. I, I, I like that you said that. Like, now that Tennessee isn't really in the picture, I am all horn frog. Like, let's go sign me up. Cause I, I do not, I do not want to see, uh, too big. I do not want to see Ohio State and Michigan in the playoffs. That would be horrible. That, that is so dumb. lame. That is you so play lame. each other. And then it's like you're back. Which I mean, I guess you could make the argument like Tennessee and Georgia were potentially kind of doing that. But... Yeah, but they they had other like hard games, and like not saying that some of those games aren't hard. It's impressive to go undefeated, but it's like it shouldn't be rewarded for never even winning a game that you're not more than their their smallest spreads of the year were two touchdowns. Like, oh, congrats! Like you never lost a game you were two touchdown favorite. Of. Like, it's not. It's just, and then okay, you play one good team, so you're only. So you're telling me you have zero good, great wins and you have one loss. Like you should at least yeah, have, have you should, to make the playoff. You should at least have to have one great win where it's like a top 10 team on the road or a top five team at home, you know, something like that, where it's like, okay, we went head to head against someone legit and we won and not just one game that actually mattered and you lose and you still make the playoff. That's stupid. If it was 12 team, I get it. Yeah. They're still in. But that's the thing. I mean, dude, once we get to this 12 team playoff, really anyone who deserves to get in is going to get in. Yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean? Because if you're 13, it's like, okay, mm-hmm. I mean, you're probably not winning the natty. So, yeah. like, even if you think you should be 12, like, okay, it's not that big of a deal, you know? Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I, 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 I go I back I, and forth on the 12 team playoff all the time because it does, like, this whole Tennessee South Carolina game essentially like wouldn't matter. And if you're a Tennessee fan, you're like, Oh, cool. But really that's like not but a see, good thing for it, college. It does, football. it does matter. Cause it probably would kick Tennessee from like having a host, like yeah, hosting a playoff game in Neyland versus, you know, going on the road to Michigan as their first, like it does matter quite a bit. Um, I get what you're saying. It doesn't matter in terms of making the playoff, but you're, it still okay, would matter. You're, yeah, you're right because someone else mentioned that, and I didn't think about it. It's going to be different when you have – yeah, the fact that you can have some home games. Like if you have, say uh, – Or a buy. Like getting a buy is still a big deal Getting too. a buy like, is huge, but I just mean the fact that you could have 
some like SEC team having to go play up in Michigan. That'd be awesome. I mean, it changes cool. things a little bit. Yeah, it does. The home games really make it for me in terms of why I would like to see the 12 team playoff. That's fair. Um, I I think that first round of games campuses is going to be really electric. I don't think people are going to are fully. I mean, I think they're thinking about it, but I think that's going to be so electric like that. People are like, you know how big that would be in Knoxville, a playoff game at home, like in Fayetteville. That is a shutdown that like that is a and that's doable. I mean, like you're almost right there this season. Like we would be hosting a playoff game like, OK, that's legit. You don't have to be the number one team in the country to host a playoff. Like, you know, yeah. you, don't, you don't have to be. You got to be like um, top six or yeah. whatever. Yeah. So I just think it provides a lot of cool opportunities and and people want to say, yeah, it devalues like regular season games. And that is like true to a point, but the reason college football matters is because it's us, it's us against them. The re the Arkansas Ole Miss game didn't matter one iota in the national picture. It didn't matter for the sec championship. It didn't matter for, you know, the playoffs. Certainly it didn't matter for nothing, but it mattered to so many people because it's Ole Miss. Like we are, the Razorbacks are lining up against Ole Miss. So we are going to battle. Like that's why it matters though. That won't, that won't change. Like, yeah, it might change like a little bit of how much a loss hurts because, oh, well, now I can't like we're still might go to the playoffs. So keep keep more hope alive. Like, I think like what's wrong with that? I think it's awesome. Um, So I think after a long time, I am pro expanded playoff. I do understand some of the drawbacks, but I think the positives outweigh that in in my perspective. Um, And I say that as a, a team who has a lot better hopes of making a 12 team than a four team just realistically like i could see us having a pretty oh, you just gotta have a good year 10 and 2 gets you in 10 and 2 in the sec and you're in the 12 team playoff pretty yeah, much exclusively probably. unless you play four cupcakes and you know i don't know you somehow avoid all the good t- i don't know um there's like i guess there's different levels of 10 and 2 but anyway um it'll be fun to um the playoff is fun. I mean, playoff football is sick. Trusha, what's the playoff picture looking like right now? Like, what? So, are... Like, uh, well, right now it's got to be Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, TCU, um, and then USC Probably. is knocking on the door at five. LSU at. Did they win? Yes, they did USC win. did win. They beat three. UCLA. I didn't get to yeah, 48-45, I do believe. Dang. So it was a pretty yeah. crazy game, but. Um, I mean, I think USC honestly has a decent shot at getting in. They still need TCU to lose, but I think if they win out, you have to put them in over the Michigan Ohio State. Yeah, that is true. That is true. So, dang, that would be crazy for Lincoln Riley to get in uh, in his first year. I'm not gonna lie; like USC being in the playoff would be kind of cool. And I have I. So many people will say they're going to get crushed, and they very well might. But I really can stand here before y'all and say I have no idea what USC would look like against any of those teams. Yeah. Yeah. Mystery. I truly don't know. I mean, I've watched a little bit of them. But, yeah, like the Pac-12 is so just out of sight, out of mind kind of, I feel like, for college football fans right now, for the most part. I mean, obviously, like it's not – irrelevant or anything because you do have some good teams out there but Pac-12 bias man you just don't see it as much so 
I'd be I'd be down to see that. I I think that would be cool to see USC in the playoff. Who's right behind them? Anyone? It's LSU. Like, We've got LSU, Clemson, okay. Alabama, Tennessee, and then Oregon. Wow. So Clemson really could get back in there. Like there's if the a legitimate... right, if the right people lose, yeah. I doubt it. They're not Clemson. See, I think that's the line who would not pass uh Ohio State or Michigan in my eyes. So I think like Ohio State, if if LSU wins out, they could potentially get in. I think Obviously, I mean, I think it's pretty much lined up. Like, if USC wins out, I think they get in. Just like I thought Tennessee would get in over whoever lost the Ohio State-Michigan game. Mm-hmm. And I think if LSU beats Georgia, they will get in over the one-loss Michigan or Ohio State team with the SC championship. Would LSU but I don't think Cle- I don't think Clemson would. No, I don't think LSU would jump to number two. I think they just get Where in. would Georgia be? I think it would be LSU four, Georgia three, because I, I think they would separate and then those Ohio two State, teams. TCU. Yeah, Ohio State one, TCU two, or vice versa, or Michigan one, TCU two. Yeah, because you wouldn't do a rematch. You wouldn't do no, a Georgia you wouldn't, LSU rematch. No, they right do. Away. They do like definitely do that for sure. Um, you know, in terms of how they seed one through four. But I mean, yeah, I, they I don't want to, and up. it makes sense. Like it's ratings. I get it. And it, and it and doesn't the, matter once you're in it the doesn't playoff, matter. It doesn't matter at all. Yeah. Um, so anyway, that would be my thought. Cause I don't think Clemson, even if they went out, I would put Michigan or Ohio state over them, even with a loss in my eyes. Yeah, so I mean, right Clemson now hasn't looked right. Yeah. Right now you would say Georgia big 10 champ. USC is a PAC 12 champ and TCU. If everything yeah, just like if, played out, if yeah. If, if everything played out, if, out, if all the teams won out, yeah, that's I would put, yeah, yeah. Hmm, of course, solid. they couldn't all technically win out because, yeah. Do you think LSU with two loss LSU with the SEC championship? Do they jump USC? They have to go right if they win the SEC. I don't know. Like I don't think. Because you that would be insane to put Georgia in and not LSU if because are you going to yeah. take out a one loss Georgia? Probably not. But and then no, how could not. you leave out LSU? Because they I lost you, two games. I think USC would get left out. I do too. I do too. Because I think you say, well, you know, they lost to LSU or Florida and Florida State turned out to be decent. Yeah, that was the first first game of the year. And I mean, they did get crushed by the Vols. That'd be the hardest one to honestly defend. And Tennessee losing, like, probably doesn't even help them. Well, it does. I guess it does help them because if Tennessee didn't lose, they were jumping. They were never going to jump. That is the thing. They were never going to jump Tennessee because they literally had – at the end of the day, you have to say, okay, head-to-head, Tennessee beat them by 27 on their home turf. Like, that, that, has, that has to count for something. Like, you know what I mean? See, and that's um, where I struggle. And this is also why – well, I'm not going to say that, but I don't think they're going to beat Georgia either. I, I don't think they are, but like you saw Georgia beat Kentucky 16 to six this past week, you know, Georgia's weird too, but or, I think in the, the SEC championship, too. I think Georgia in the SEC championship game gets it together and yeah. probably kicks. They're, they're going to get up for that one. So LSU's not that good. Like that offense can be controlled pretty good. I think that's what I think too. Like I watched Arkansas hold them to like under 200 
or total yards of offense. And our defense stinks. So, and they had like, every, it's not like they were missing their quarterback or anything like Jane Daniels played the whole game. Um, yeah. So I just think that Georgia will handle them pretty good. Um, so anyway, it, it, the fun thing is we get to talk all these scenarios and then like somehow the games are going to turn out and it probably will make pretty good sense. Like it won't end up even being like that controversial, you know, it'll be like, probably Oh not. yeah, that's kind of, that makes sense. Those are the, like USC could definitely lose. Uh, TCU could definitely lose LSU. Like it may just work itself out to be super simple. Who does LSU play last? AM. Okay. So they should probably win. They could lose. They could lose. That'd be and, wild. At a, dude, that was a bad scene. I, I hate to, <laughs> I'm not trying to I'm certainly not trying to pour on the Aggies, but that was a bad scene there in uh at Kyle Field this past weekend. Yeah. Bad scene. Bad, bad scene. I don't care who you're playing, that's a bad scene. I don't care what the weather's doing. Not good look. That is unenthused fan base right there. You can't call yourself the twelfth man. Nope. I think you got to oh, take it away. You, you got to take it away. Them. Make them earn it. Twelfth man, come on. There was about twelve of them. Yeah, exactly. That's what everyone was saying. Twelve, the twelve men. <laughs> twelve angry men. Uh, even they somehow there was so little of them, and they still found the way to be weird. Sorry, no offense, anything. Like, no, the yeah. guys were running around shirts in the upper deck, like they're still the, find one of the cringiest fan bases in the country. I mean, I'll say it. If the, not, I mean, it's got to be the right. Yeah, it's got to be the. Um, who would you put? Okay, yeah, that's a good question. Who would you put in that category of like cringe fan base? I honestly, I might even go like, I don't know. Clemson to me feels cringy. Yeah, that's because Dabo. I think Dabo makes that for me. It's also like you took a school that, like, they're not supposed to, they don't have like a storied, like a long tradition. So it's like you don't have that uh, culture there, like of a fan base, you know? So yeah, it's kind of like you just threw a bunch of random people in and gave them like an, an awesome football team for a little bit. Yeah, except they weren't even awesome. They thought they were awesome. I mean, they did win a couple of natties. Oh, oh, Clemson. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I thought you were talking about a No, no, yeah, no. Oh, yeah. And yeah, Clemson, that is a good analysis of Clemson. Yeah. Because now you think you're entitled. Like, it's like, nah, we don't really, we still don't really think it. Like, you were kind of hot there for a minute and you did have a really good. Of course, I will say they still have not lost a home game in like forever. Yeah. That is crazy. That'd be fun to go into Death Valley and win. Tennessee yeah, Clemson should play. That'd be awesome. That would be a great game. Who? Clemson. Tennessee and Clemson. Oh. Who would you want to play? Who would you want to play in the Sugar Bowl? I don't know. What's the? Uh, is there an affiliate? I feel like the Big Ten sometimes, but Big Twelve recently too. Yeah, 12, I think yeah. it's Big Twelve SEC. I mean, dude, whoever came out of the Big Twelve, you guys would munch on. I it think might so. be Texas, right? No. Dude, Texas has four losses. Texas is ranked, though. I think everyone in the Big 12 has a good amount of losses. Yeah, they kind of beat each other up. Like, Kansas, is it Kansas State? Yeah, Probably wouldn't. Kansas it, State. It may even end up being, like, I have no idea. Like, Oklahoma State just lost again to, like, a 5-5 five and five Oklahoma. 
Yeah. Ooh, yeah, not a good league. Which way? Yeah, why? Maybe you go to the Big Ten. It probably play like Penn State. Honestly, I I could see like Penn State in the Sugar Bowl because yeah. they're probably going to finish what ten. I mean, they'll probably finish like ten and two. Yeah, have they only lost to? Holy, yeah, I think they've only Dude. lost to Ohio State, Michigan. So this, I'm looking at Bleacher Report, and they don't even uh, project Tennessee to make a New Year's Six. What do they project? Not here. They have Michigan and Oregon in the Rose Bowl, Penn State and UCF in the Cotton Bowl, LSU and Kansas State in the Sugar Bowl, and then Clemson and Alabama in the Orange Bowl. Ooh, Alabama making one, Tennessee not would be kind of hurtful. Dude, if – yeah, wait. That's kind of messed up. Also, if LSU has – Three losses, they would still I make a New Year's six. No, nah, I don't think so. I don't think so either. Yeah, I think I think that is where it would that would be. Ball projections don't really matter. No. If Tennessee finishes ten and two, yeah. If Tennessee finishes ten and two and LSU finishes nine and three, yeah, Tennessee's going over LSU. That's not even like up for debate. That's just like how it would work. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking as well. Um, I do have a wild Nebraska stat. So Huskers lost another one possession game. Shocker. That is it, a lot. Uh, that's what I'm going to tell you. So no. since since Scott Frost was hired uh, four or five, five years ago, sounds about right, the Huskers have had 25 losses by one possession or less. Well, no. Oh, it's like is. almost every loss. <laughs> 25 and, yeah, five years, I guess. A lot. That's a Five a year. Insane. Five a year, man. <laughs> well, I'm going to spin it, put a real positive on it, is not far off as a program. Like, it's not like you need to come, you know, you're just, uh, you need to get one score better. <laughs> there was something interesting that, uh, I mean, besides the fact that it was a close game and then the Huskers lost, Casey Thompson ran out for senior day, although he is only a junior. So, safe, safe to say that he will be – has anyone ever run out for junior day and then for senior day and then come back? Yeah, some some guys uh, – there was something – somebody on Tennessee, a couple of guys, because there was a big argument about uh, Hyatt and Joe Milton leaving and they did senior day and or something like that, and people were saying it's been done before where people will run for senior day and then just come back the next year. So Yeah, they're like thinking about anything. it. Yeah. So it doesn't, it doesn't lock you into anything. Yeah, I don't know. But anyway, I think it's pretty safe to say Casey Thompson won't be there next year um, unless somehow Mickey Joseph was hired as the head coach. I think that's really the only potential situation because I don't think Casey – I think he's a good quarterback, but I don't think he showed enough that he's going to get signed nah, or anything. He's not going to know. He may get signed – Nah, he probably won't. Yeah, he probably won't really have an NFL shot right now. His thing is, too, like, he's not that tall. Like, I think he's six foot flat, and he looks kind of short out there. Like, he – I don't know. No, I mean, not saying that you can't do that, but he'd have a tough time, I think. His, yeah, his measurables aren't that good, and then his actual play, like, doesn't bring him up, you know. Like, I think he needs to – I think he really needs to be in college one more year. So, I don't know if he's thinking about transferring again or if he's thinking about just trying to go to the league and seeing what happens. I don't know. I mean, I wish him all the best no matter what because I thought he was pretty good and he we would have been a lot worse without him. Uh, but anyway, I mean, lots of 
lots of coaching rumors going around today specifically. I heard yeah. I heard Urban's name. I heard Luke Fickle, Chris Kleiman at Kansas State, Leipold at Kansas. Um, and then I heard Seth, I don't know if you were on yet, but someone did mention Mickey Joseph being named head coach and bringing his brother, Vance Joseph, to come ah. be defensive coordinator and bringing their good friend Eric Bieniemy to come be offensive coordinator. Whoa, no way. Dude, insane. no way Bieniemy's going. To They're buddies, man. <laughs> yeah, maybe they did just say, screw it, we're going to college. Like, And I will say this, yeah, if, if Mickey Joseph just said, yeah, I'm going to bring Vance Joseph and Eric Bieniemy, I'd be like, all right, cool, you can be head coach. Yeah, that works pretty good. That That is a, that is a thing that, uh, if, you know, you become a lot better head coach if you have that great of offensive and defensive yeah. coordinators. So, yeah, if they, he brings in those guys, I would ride with Mickey for sure. But to, I hate to, I hate to say it, I don't think that's happening. I think Van, I think Vance would definitely come. See his brother coming. Enemy would come. The enemy seems tough to that me. That would be crazy. The enemy yeah. was like a flash in the pan rumor for head coach, though. That would also be interesting. What if you did make the enemy head coach, kept Mickey on yeah. staff, and then also brought Vance over? I don't know. Th- this is all. I, I need enemy, to dude, announce it. The enemy would be cool. Yeah, just to be honest, that'd be that'd be fun. I, I think they're gonna announce it sometime this week. Um, that's just what a lot of people are saying. So, not that it necessarily means anything, but I don't know. I'm just ready for them to make an announcement so I can have some sort of hope moving forward. But then another, right before we got on this podcast, there was a report, and I don't know if it's true or not. It's um. The, it seems to be even more smoke. It's smoking pretty heavily right He's now. He's been tweeting while while we've been uh, podcasting as well. He's been firing back some stuff. So, Trisha, give the give the backstory. Let's say talk about the original tweet that we all saw, then talk about what the coach responded with. Yeah. So the original tweet, John Sokoloff, I want to say, of WCBI News in Starkville, Mississippi reported uh, Lane Kiffin would be stepping down tomorrow before the Egg Bowl and is being announced as the Auburn head coach, which would be insane. There has been kind of some smoke and stuff with Lane Kiffin's name around um, Auburn's program, but there seems to be some conflicting reports here because Lane Kiffin right after that was tweeted, uh, tweeted a picture about the Egg Bowl. And then now 30 minutes ago, just, tweeted a picture, uh, and I'll quote, this just in, breaking news, John Sokoloff of WCBI News in Starfield, Mississippi, plans to step down as lead anchor and head to WLOX to become their new lead anchor. Sources say WLOX hasn't offered the job to anyone yet, so John to WLOX is happening. Story soon. So he basically created a parody tweet of what this guy uh, reported about Kiffin, so... If we believe Lane Kiffin and don't think he's a scumbag who would lie about this, um, he's not going to Auburn, but he's definitely this, going to Auburn, right? I think he's going, especially because uh, this Starkville reporter that dropped this also dropped the news that uh, Mississippi State's AD was stepping down to go to Auburn as well. So this guy clearly has some good sources. Um, that is a good point. Program. So. I don't know if it's something he'd just make up. Maybe the sources were off. We'll we'll have to see tomorrow what the hell happens. I also thought it was funny that right after I saw that tweet saying that he was stepping down, I saw the tweet about Lane Kiffin reading a book about the Egg Bowl, and yeah. all of these Ole Miss fans were like, 
you know what? I'm sick of it. I don't like it. Like, <laughs> like just totally buying into the report already and being pissed, thinking that Lane was already roasting them like immediately. Yeah, <laughs> that would be a Lane Kiffin thing to do, though. Just start firing shots before the news is even confirmed. It's like all the joke. I mean, no, but I, Seth, I agree with you. Well, I think we all agree. I think he's going. Yeah, I do too. I mean, there was some debate on Twitter about this. Um, what number do you think both of these programs are on the lot uh, on the list of best jobs in America? What I was seeing around twelve um, to fifteen for Auburn, and then thirty to thirty-five for Ole Miss. That's pretty fair. I'd put Ole Miss like twenty-eight. I don't necessarily have a list, but Ole Miss is a good. I mean, it's got it's in the SC West, so I mean, it's it's in a good spot there. But yeah, that's true. Ole Miss it depends have on how you look at success. it. I'm I'm even going recency bias, but you kind of got to count that a little bit. But they do not have much history of success at all. Well, it depends. Auburn, on Auburn is definitely considerably better. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Because Ole Miss does not have the fan support of even just the more popular SEC programs. Like I'm not even talking about better. Like, I mean, yeah, Tennessee is better than Ole Miss right now, but. Even before that, I would say Tennessee was a better job than Ole Miss. When Lane Kiffin is at Ole Miss and they're winning, it looks attractive. But if you're another coach, are you really wanting to go into the SEC West and play Bama and LSU every single year? You know, like, do you think you're yeah. winning that division? No. Uh, no. I don't even have – do I didn't bring up the stat? Never won an SEC West ever? Yeah. Ole Miss? Since its existence as a as a division, never won it. Yeah. So That's I mean, they've had some good coach. I mean, they've had obviously. I mean, Hugh Freeze was a good coach. He never won it. Uh, Lane Kiffin had some good years. He never won it. So, well, and uh, you could even argue. I know we just bashed A and M for not having any fans at their game, but they do have you know a giant stadium that's filled up most of the time. If you're good at all, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. It is one thing when you're just garbage in a year. Yeah, I get fans not showing up, but. Ole Miss is pretty solid and has trouble filling up a 60,000 person stadium, you know? Yeah. That is a, not a very big stadium. I don't even like, and it is not very full very often, Um, which I mean is one thing, but yeah, that, that is true. The, the true, like just the whole public education system in Mississippi, if we really want to go to like even higher levels of like Auburn as a school is just a better, it's a better school. It's got, Everything's a little better funded. Like everything's you can make the, more money at Auburn. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, he I dude, Kiffin, I'd said he'd be the only one that to have the the balls to go follow Saban, but like going to Auburn right now is even almost more of a diabolical move. Like he is trying to end Saban. Like that's all he Auburn, cares about. Auburn is the one place where you could like they do step up to Bama. It's like Kiffin's just stepping right up to him and say, No, I'm your biggest rival now. Like your biggest rival. I'm Auburn. And I'm going to beat you and make you retire. I am, yeah, I am going to send you to the nursing home. <laughs> that I think, I think you're so right. Crazy. I wouldn't hate it. I'm always I mean, Lane flirted, and that's what he does. You know, he flirts with a lot of programs. He flirted with Arkansas back before when he got hired by Ole Miss. You know, it was definitely rumored that he would be our coach. I was all on the Lane train. Um, 
kind of thankful it didn't. I, I don't think things would have worked out. I don't. I don't know. It's hard to say. Situations are very different. Even if programs, I know I'm kind of biased. I'm not really biased. Arkansas is a better program than Ole Miss in totality. Um, you know, and so even though he picked Ole Miss, it was kind of it made more sense. They were more ready to win right away. You know, they were more set up to have a little success. He he has he has been very impressive at Ole Miss. Um, for real. I mean, like I, I of course they did just get dubbed by like infinity points at Arkansas. I know we only we only won by like 15, but still felt like a million. Um he just uh what's the he, final score? 42-27. They scored 21 unanswered in the after, fourth quarter. Yeah, after it was 42-6. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Lane, uh, great coach. I would love to see him at Auburn because him and Saban going head-to-head would be sick. I would just love that. I'd like to even see him go to Bama. I'd love, like, I still think it'd be crazy if he coached Auburn for three or four years and then went to Bama. There's only one man that could do that, and it is Lane Kiffin. Like, there yeah. literally is only – like, he is the only one. But I think this move would have would actually no way Saban's handing the program over to Lane if he goes to Auburn. That's fair. It, but in some I mean, ways, somehow it's like he <laughs> it's like somehow Saban would honestly even respect him more. It's like, no, you went to the one like if Saban if Kiffin beats him at Auburn. And then he hands him the keys. And then he hands him the keys. He's like, <laughs> all right, insane. you've done it. That is that's true, like movie Star Wars stuff. It's like Lane rose to power. Uh, at his biggest rival and then once he knew he was strong enough to take him over he handed the keys to lane and said just go drive buddy yeah lane given would destroy alabama actually he actually would he would mess it up i i would hope so that would be awesome if alabama wasn't good (laughs) that would be it would be so awesome if alabama was not good that's that the other will, thing. Lane, Lane going and playing Tennessee every year, too. That would be – those games happen. would get crazy. Hey, did y'all see uh, Sankey came out with likely that the conference is going to zero divisions or pods or nothing like that? It's just going to be mm-hmm. a conference. Yeah. So Sankey announced that uh, m- most likely moving on that they're going to move forward with a zero division, just one single conference um, format. So I think I believe it's you have three constants. You do have three constants, but it's not like a pod system. It's just like you have three constants, um, and then you and you rotate six. So you go to nine games. You rotate six opponents, and you have uh, three constants. That is how I interpreted it, and I think it does kind of make pretty good sense. I think it'd be pretty fun because, be honest, I mean, there's three teams that definitely stand out at least like every year. It's like playing these teams is a little more extra juice. Um, So you get to keep those kind of fun rivalries and not just like one single rivalry or something. You get to keep several really of your top games. And then, then you play every team in the conference every other year. So like you play them quite often, even if it's not every single year, it's like, well, we play them, you know, we'll get you in two years. So um, I think it makes a lot of sense. I think it'd be pretty cool. I think it'd be fun and a nice way to shake it up. I, I just look forward to how they could screw Arkansas with the scheduling, but. Well, really, the Vols too. Like the Vols could legitimately keep like Florida, Georgia, Alabama, and then that would be insane. I we play have LSU to keep every Andy. other year. Like, who would Tennessee keep as their three? 
That's what I was just thinking of in my head. I would. I mean, the I big, would love the to big see three it. Is Alabama, Bama, Georgia, Florida. Like, but I doubt they keep. No way they keep those three. Yeah, I feel like if anything, Georgia would be the one they wouldn't play every year. Yeah, like I just think I Florida would. and Bama, you do have to play every year, and then you probably play Vandy every year. Uh, That's exactly Florida, what I would. That makes do. sense. I don't know who gets. I mean, I, so like Kentucky could go what Missouri. Vandy, South Carolina, but that's so easy. But like, screw it. Give Kentucky an easy schedule. Like, nobody cares, cares about Kentucky anyway. Yeah. I think so, you give okay. like Tennessee would have Vandy, Bama would have like Missouri. Like each one of these kind of upper like pro- upper level programs would have a lower level program. And I'm not even saying like that Tennessee, Bama, yeah, but who are, are the... be good forever? You know, like I'm just saying. But I would say even like Kentucky's a lower level program. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, Missouri. South Carolina. I mean, Arkansas. Not Ar- Arkansas is a mid-level. There, there are three. There are three levels in the SEC. Yeah, there, there are the top dogs. There's like Vandy, Missouri, Kentucky. If we're talking grand, and honestly, things. like historically, like honestly, like Mississippi State kind of yeah. would almost yeah. fall into that, or they'd be right on the tier of that. They've been better recently, but um, and yeah. Then you have probably like Ole Miss, and then. Like Arkansas and then and um, I mean Tennessee would probably honestly be more in that kind of category of recent. They'd be at the upper upper end of that mm, category. I'm putting Tennessee in the elitist. All right, elite of the top, what you're gonna put them in? Like, I mean, if we're but, talking I mean, all time, yeah, if we're talking, that's true. That's true. If we're talking all time, I would kind of be talking like the last like 25 years, like the oh, only time that's actually relevant to recruit. Yeah, Tennessee, I think would be- if. In the middle tier, for sure. Well, but upper middle tier, you at least have a natty in the upper, last upper, 25 years. Upper middle, t- upper middle tier. Yeah, you know, Auburn, Auburn's right there. With like, I, I put Auburn kind of at the edge of that because I put LSU, Bama, Auburn, Tennessee might be kind of that level too. Yeah, yeah. Auburn's been to more national championships than Tennessee in twenty five years. Though. No, I know. I'm just saying, like, you kind of look at like Auburn's really down the right totality now. of a program was down yeah. for a long time, but. You know, they've had some good teams as I really, well. I really honestly don't. It's hard to even put maybe tiers isn't maybe then the best way to do it. I don't know. Because, I mean, you do probably put Florida and Georgia. Like, but Georgia hasn't Georgia's, really. I mean, yeah, they, that's so recency bias. Like, without, but they were solid. Like, they were solid for. Mark Rick had them pretty solid. They, like, yeah, eight, they've been. They're always good. Floor. Yeah, but they're so, good. I don't know because I probably put Bama and LSU one and two. Then do you put Florida, Florida three? Probably. Ugh, that's kind of gross. Yeah, I know. I think that's right though. Yeah, probably. And then probably Georgia, Auburn, maybe Tennessee. Tennessee. I, could go, like I could go with that. Then probably like Arkansas, Ole Miss. Yeah, I could put Arkansas, A and M, Ole Miss right there. Our Ole Miss would definitely not be Arkansas has won the West several like several times. Uh and like I said, Ole Miss zero. And we have a better hit anyway. I don't have to I don't have to justify that. Yeah. Any is there any other coaching carousel news we need to cover? We can probably hop over to a little Titans talk. Yeah, there's uh, a, yeah, the well, coaching carousel could potentially goes be on. a coaching yeah, carousel. The, I was gonna say in, the coaching uh, carousel the NFL, goes we'll on. See. Yeah. That'd be the that would be the craziest way to get him fired. Like I wanted him fired for so long, and 
him going down because of uh uh for those who don't know we are speaking of Todd Downing and we are going to cover a little bit of a, a a little bit of a sensitive subject because um it's a it's a little bit, a little bit tricky we all make mistakes there are bad things that happen and you know we we definitely mess up but uh and you have to pay all... attention to the details of the situation as you well you do you do um, but at the same time, there are consequences in life uh, for making decisions, especially when they could have been avoided, um, yeah. especially when the they music. could have been. Got to face the music. So uh, the Titans offensive coordinator, Todd Downing, did receive a DUI after the night of a Thursday night football game in Green Bay. That's almost like hard to do. Like you you somehow got a DUI 800 miles from where you played a football game that night. Like that's messed up, man. That's crazy. Called the game of his life. Called the game of his life. I had turned my tune. I literally that it connects even with me more because I literally tweeted. I have changed. I've had a change of heart. Like I've been spoken to, and now I ride with Todd Downing. Like I will. Traylon doing really well. Surely helped with that too. Traylon, him actually throwing bombs to Traylon helped it out a lot. Well, let's talk about that real quick. Like just just to talk about the game real quick. The The Titans team we saw on Thursday night was what we talked about before the season started. If all of this goes to plan, this is what it looks like. You have Traylon being the clear-cut number one, Mm. over 100 yards receiving. You have Robert Woods in there, six catches, 70 yards, or seven, whatever it was. Solid, yeah. You know, that's what you you asked for from him. You have Hooper Hooper, coming in with two touchdowns. Hooper has been on fire the past three weeks. He's He's made made some hard catches. Huge catches. And then yeah. you have Derek. Derek, yeah, he ran for 87 yards, but then guess what? He caught he caught a couple balls, so he ended up over 100 all-purpose yards. He oh, might have yeah. had one close to 150. That screen was like 45 yeah. yards. Yeah, yeah. And I and mean, he threw and a touchdown Tannehill pass for 300 plus. Like yeah. that's your recipe for success. Everything with your great went defense. Perfect. Yeah. Everything. The went only perfect. thing. Yeah, everything went perfect. Even like Tannehill threw one interception. That was like pretty that's bad fine. momentum. That's what we're saying. Like we don't one we don't interception we can overcome. We actually one interception. If you guarantee me, Tannehill throws one interception, I'll probably I'll, I'll probably take it. I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, seriously. I mean, as long you know. So even that went according to plan. It's like, yeah, we know Tannehill's due for something stupid, but like we think we're good enough that we can overcome it. The defense yeah. is raw. The defense is so good. Defense is top three in in the league. I'd say it is. Awesome. When healthy, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Dude, and Man. the secondary seems like they're finally coming into their own. Uh, McCreary a was beast. a great pick. Yeah. Fold is a beast. They missed on Farley for sure. Yeah, he's done. Definitely is not the guy. Yeah, he's done. But, you know, you hit on several other guys. Like, they've hit on a lot of guys. Even – I know he's not really healthy right now, but Hooker, uh, Elijah Molden – uh, McCreary, Fulton, Byer, my like boy all Josh Kalu. Yeah, yeah, he's been playing well. He's been putting it in the mix. And even the, so, I love the D-line guys, Kevin Strong, Mario Edwards, like some kind of real no-namers are making big, big plays. For well, that's team. what I'm saying. Some of these guys that – and I said Kalu, but I really mean it because guys like him and Dylan Cole who you kind of mess – like go up and down from the practice squad, Dylan Cole's good. Yeah, especially yeah, on special teams. He's a monster. I, I gave him a hard time it. in week one because he got shook by uh, Saquon pretty bad. Or he just yeah. there was one play where he did not make it. 
he did not make a play. He didn't even make a bat. Like he just didn't make a play when I thought he should have. And I really kind of almost wrote him off, but he has proved me wrong, which is a good lesson for me once again. Um, so the, they do. And they just play, they play winning football. It's awesome to watch. Like, Oh, it's so fun. Like watching Derrick Henry line up as a Titan is just an honor. It's a true honor as a fan to watch number 22 on my football team. God, so good. So good. We were talking before the show. We talked a little World Cup, and Trusha was mentioning how, you know, if Americans cared as much about soccer as the rest of the world, we had guys like Derrick Henry or LeBron playing soccer. And we had a little bit of a – not an argument, but we were just like discussion. I don't know if Derrick Henry was really made for soccer. Like he was made for football, but we did throw out the if Derrick Henry, if we sent him down to Australia, let him play a little rugby. Good lord, yeah, he would be putting would, dudes in the dirt. He would be posting everyone. Like you get get him out. Yeah, he is absolutely ro- get him in space because that's what all like rugby would be for him. The only time that he can get stopped is when they just have eight guys at the line of scrimmage yeah. where he can't even get started. Uh, yeah, you get him in open space. You know who I was thinking would be good at soccer? I think uh, John Morant. I think he'd be a stud mm-hmm. at soccer. Dude, like, he's, yeah, are, he has that build for a soccer player too. Think about him like going on headers, like going in there and just trying jumping to jumping like, forty, yeah, just yeah, inches in the air and yeah, just kick it up in the air. He'll get there before anyone else does. He'll yeah. get up. He'll high point it. Yeah. Um, let's do talk a little bit about the Todd Downing situation though, because so here's what I heard, or here's what I'm somewhat assuming. Uh, I think the guy blew a point one. Now, here's the problem, Seth. You mentioned it to me, he was going like a hundred on the interstate. Can't do that, can't do it. Very dumb. So, I'm not really, I'm definitely not defending him. Yeah, it's not a smart situation. We've talked about it. The Titans have lifts and Uber services at their uh. Yeah, for free. They get that. So it should have been that should have been what happened. But I will say this, you know, what probably happened, plane ride home, he had a few beers. I don't think it takes I think the average person, once you consume two beers, you're at like point zero eight. You're at yeah. the legal limit. So if he had three beers. And you're up in the air, so your BAC is high. Oh, good point. Yeah. You know, Seriously. look at that altitude. Wow. What three if we beer, had, two or three beers if, turns into four or five. What if you got off because you did like a, a conversion rate where it's like, yeah, I blew a point one, but I was in the plane. So it's really only three quarters of, so I was really only blowing a point oh seven five. So, you know, you got to, I, I couldn't account. I didn't account for the airplane. Yeah. I have three beers every day and I blow a point oh eight and I'm good to go, but three and, beers on that plane and oh boy. But, and that's why I kind of hate it for him. I'm not, condoning driving under the influence obviously but the guy probably had a few beers and in all honesty was probably fine to drive home like going 100 on the interstate when you've had a few beers is dumb so i don't really i'm not really in the mood to defend him because okay dude drive the speed limit get home you know but i don't think it was a situation where todd downing was hammered and was like swerving around the road and was truly a danger to anyone else on the road yeah, that's – I mean, I think that is fair to say. There are levels to things where it's like if he truly blew a point one, and it's – it's hey, I'll be the first to say it's above the limit. He's got to deal with the consequences. Like he put himself in that situation, which was unnecessary, and it is detrimental to the team. So mm-hmm. it is a – it's a big negative. Like it, it cannot be – like it can't even be made light of like really uh, because it is – it's both dangerous and obviously he got like – 
you know, he was doing something to get pulled over. Um, like they don't obviously just know you're like, he was, I, I believe it to be speeding. That's what I, I, and then that is just an unnecessary black eye to the organization that, you know, has allowed you to be part of, and that is having a lot of success and you're going to be a distraction and a detriment to the team. So just a really bad look um, for a coach. I mean, he's a coach, like he is theoretically, I mean, theoretically someone, the, a model for the players, like he's, he needs to he, supposed to be a leader. You know, yeah. Yeah. You know, your 25 year old player who's makes a million dollars gets a DUI. And it's like, that's a really stupid mistake, but your 45 year old, like offensive coordinator, who's been around, like who should not, like you cannot be doing this. Um, it's just not a, it's just terrible. Look, it, t- it's, it sets a terrible example. And now it puts Vrabel in a tough spot. Yeah. Cause, cause what happens? Like, what does he do? Like that's what I don't, not, I don't know like, what he's happens. not in jail. He's, I mean, he's, he's going to have probably fines and, you know, some stuff to pay, but like, he's not legally, like he's a free, like, do you fire someone because of the optics? Like, or do you fire, like, that's what I don't you, think he gets you get fired, fired from anything. a normal job. Like, no. Right. Does Depends. he, coach, does he get a suspension? Like, I don't know. I truly don't know. It seems very unprecedented, but I'm sure it's happened before. DUIs do unfortunately occur, um, you know, pretty often. He's not the first coach to get a DUI. That's for no, sure. Certainly not. And it got a little publicized, but honestly, probably not like on a hugely national note. It was pretty big for us because we're in Nashville, but and maybe a little bit. It was a big deal in the NFL. Maybe a little bit because of Barstool, just because of like Compton and Lawan being with Barstool, like yeah, so Barstool. The- and I mean, it was on ESPN's like front page too. Yeah, that is true. Yeah, pretty bad look. Just sad, unfortunate, and it does suck for him because that is a huge – it's a huge negative on him that's just so public, unfortunately. Yeah. Like, you know, I mean, this has just got to be terrible for him. Uh, so, I'm sure he feels the worst about it, you know, than anybody. So, um, and I, I have no idea if he has prior pass of it. Um, you know, I have no idea. But, you know, like Musselman, I know, has had at least one DUI. I mean, it – it, it it happens to people um quite often so learn from it and hopefully it doesn't do anything like that again and and like to potentially get the titans in trouble for beer on a plane would be so that's lame. so stupid though there was literally a video of taylor heineke the week before drinking beer on a plane and nothing was done can, drinking boosh lattes out of the trash can yeah, like and that's been pointed out all all week long about this is that there's multiple videos and like all kinds of instances where people Who have cares. Yeah. They're grown men. People drink. Yeah. If they flew home on a commercial flight, they could have a beer. Like what? Is that, are people talking about that? A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's only like team sanctioned vehicles, like a bus or a plane. If they flew commercial, oh. they could have drinks and it'd be fine. Oh, but so like technically they're not supposed to have alcohol on the plane. No. Yeah. Oh, did not know that. Yeah. So that's why the there's a full on investigation by the NFL going into this. So the Titans oh, could see that is a little much because of it. Now I don't think any of the penalties are going to be major like draft pick compensation, but there's probably going to be some fines. Yeah. Which, sorry, Amy, but uh, you're going to have to shell that out. Now that's out of TD's paycheck. Probably should be. I wonder what kind of fines it will be in terms of the league. 
Like, yeah. not le- like legally, I don't, it's, it won't be anything crazy. But um, that'll be interesting to see. I, I don't know. Like, is he going to coach this week? I, we actually don't know. I don't know. There right hasn't now. been an announcement, right? That's what's crazy. It happened on Thursday night, so it's already been like – like it, if it was a normal game, it would have just happened last night. But it happened. We're already three or four days into this process. And like, we still don't know what's going to happen. Hmm. I think they said like Wednesday, all the coordinators meet with the media. So that's when we'll know if he he's in, he's in for a treat. If he oh god, is there any way they just let him like skip the media session? No, that's the one thing I think he has to do. It's requ- it's probably required by the league. You probably have you gotta gonna face, you gotta face the music. You gotta face that is the gonna music. suck because you know somebody like Paul Kaharski is gonna bring it up. Oh, it's, I mean they're all that's gonna his bring opening. It up, it's got to be his opening. Statement. Yeah, he he like, has to open it and just like get clear the air because. And there's gonna be about ten questions about it, and only yeah. that. Which I mean, and it is, that's I'm saying that's a consequence. Like that is like, yeah. That, you run the risk of having to face the music. Yep. I want to get up there and ask him some questions. Like he what should the have hell answer to answer to Todd. <laughs> what? Finally, you're so, so smart to throw the ball to Traylon, and this is how you act afterwards. Like I <laughs> knew you couldn't be this smart. I knew you weren't this smart. <laughs> like he, he had to screw something up on the night because yeah, so much I knew money. you. I knew something was up on Thursday night. God. Todd, were you buzzing during the game? Yeah, is that what if, what if this like so investigation well? just leads to something crazy and turns out he's been like drinking every day? Has been like, I pray to God it doesn't, but that would be crazy. Is he up? Yeah, he's out. up in the press box, right? Or is he down on the field? What if it was? Yeah, I think he's, yeah, press box. Brable was like, he's down because he knows he's about to get fired because he's just been terrible. And so, yeah, he's just, he's fallen to the booze a little bit. He's been, he got hammered. That was his first time ever, like drunk calling a football game, and he was just amazing, like just firing on all. <laughs> like, cylinders. yeah, we just let him loose, and he was like deep ball to Traylon, baby. Let's do it. <laughs> Finally, dude, I, it made me so it just frustrated me. And I think they were right. I mean, you got to earn those opportunities in the NFL, but it just frustrated me a little bit. Like they just would not let Traylon just go for it. Like just throw him a ball past the line of scrimmage. Like, go let him make – and he did. They threw him two deep balls – well, maybe even three, I think. But they threw him a couple deep balls that were actually good and made two Dude, the, huge the plays. The one that ended the game was awesome. That was sick. Like, that was such an amazing call. That was so I mean, so everybody sick. was keeping Dude, on Dude, on, on their number one cornerback, too. Like, this wasn't some – like, that's Traylon owning Jair Alexander. Like, that's legit. That is yep. sick. That was an awesome, awesome play. But look at the Titans, bro. What are we? Seven and three? Seven and three. Completely fine. Like six and one in our last seven. Only loss in overtime. Like God, if if Rand, like, dude, we should only have one loss right now. The Bills. You could be. Yeah, you could argue. You could really be nine and one. Yeah, but it's all right. I mean, seven and three is pretty good. We could have easily lost to the Commanders or something like that too. Yeah, if David Long didn't make that insane. But we didn't. That was awesome. I think yeah. you know the season. Season always just works out as it does. You know, like shit's yeah, gonna if you, happen. If you win that first game, maybe you don't. You know, we had to dig into the dog mentality pretty early in the year. You know, like we had to be like, oh yeah. shoot, we are zero and two. Like we're staring it right in the face. Um, we better we better pick it up or or let's uh we're, we're gonna pack it in. And so, um, you know, being in the South 
two games against the Colts was the medicine we needed just to be like, oh, yeah, this we we got this. We How got about Matt this. Ryan going back out there for the Colts? Colts yeah. are, Colts are showing some fight under Saturday. He does. We'll see if that's enough. Sometimes that's enough for one or two games, but it don't really last like, you know, for a long time if you're not really technically sound. Right. You know, and but that's really, all they that's all they needed Jeff Saturday yeah, to that do. That is true. That is true. Like, yeah, what are they what are they bringing him in for? Not some offensive genius that's I mean, he's only coached at the high school level. I think he is there to fire the guys up and let the coordinators do the rest. Yeah. I mean, he fired me up. I'm still his opening presser was awesome. Yeah, I like We Jeff talked Saturday. about it last week or the week before, but I mean, geez, that guy knows how to lead men. That's what he said. And he he's does. right. That's I mean, good. he was, what you he was right there uh, with Peyton leading those Colts. I mean, that's what the center kind of does with the offensive line. Just like kind of nasty Ben Jones up there who's been – I wanted to give him a shout-out. I love Ben Jones. He's oh, he's amazing. awesome. He's he a out. Yeah. Yeah, so been a beast. Hopefully he gets uh, good and healthy here soon. But, yeah, Jeff Saturday, man, he knows, uh, he knows a thing or two about leading men into battle. The Titans haven't even played the Jags yet. Yeah, there's two more free wins. Free. Easy, well, easy. I don't know. Yeah, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> at Jacksonville is, you know. Are you kidding me? It's Jacksonville. Who hey, cares? This, right. is the, this is the NFL. This is the NFL. You could lose to anybody on any given Sunday. We were the one seed and lost to the Texans last year. Let's not forget it. And almost lost to him twice. Yeah. yeah. All right, boys. Anything else before we uh, close it out? No. Hogs no, are winning Maui. Uh, Hogs are winning Maui this week. Yeah. Get get the boys fired up for some uh, college basketball. It is feast week, yo. It is feast week. College basketball. Week. This is the first week of the real season where it's like, all right, there's actually fun college basketball on TV. Let's get after it. Uh, and sprinkle in some on, world so much Cup. football on thursday dude there's so much sports sports out the wazoo right now you got the world cup firing feast week in basketball college football winding up nfl is in the meat of its season it is we are in this is this is it right here boys just lock it in and enjoy this hogs play creighton tomorrow blue jays going down top 10 matchup in maui it's lit it's today nice. arkansas went Today, Arkansas went on a 12-0 run of just dunks. Six, so six, the only points scored were just six dunks. And then they had two more after a made layup. So they went on like a 25-0 run and 18 points were dunks. It was awesome. That's pretty insane. It was ins- it was insane. Louisville, Louisville does stink. They are now 0-4. They've lost three one-point games and now just they got obliterated. Arkansas beat them by like 30. It was awesome. Fun to win in Maui. Fun to win, honestly. Just let's just keep winning. Favorite uh favorite Thanksgiving dish before we Ooh. close it out. Mm. For me, I'm gonna it's go. Kinda, I'm yeah, gonna go with sweet potato casserole. Ooh, you like the marshmallows? I like that, but I don't I love the marshmallows, man. Sweet potato casserole is a dynamite Thanksgiving dish. It's the perfect color. It's the perfect flavor and texture that goes with all my other food. That's actually what I'm bringing to uh, my girl or Christina's um, Thanksgiving family Thanksgiving. So I'm making the sweet potato casserole. Uh, I might throw a few other flavors in there. I think the the dressing to me is really. People Fire. love the dressing, yeah. Because the dressing is so – it just does not come around very much, and I love it. 
and I love it with the grit. Like I don't, it's on its own. It is what it is. I mean, it depends on who makes it like different cook. Like my mom's dressing fire. Like I've had other great dressings, but I've also had some not so great dressings, Mm -hmm. but you throw the gravy and the mashed potatoes, kind of that little mixture. Yep. Like that's, that's what's good. Thanksgiving. You let the foods touch, baby. You let the food. That is the best one. You just have that plate full of just, I want six different casseroles, the main dish rolls. I want a little salad. Oh yeah. Anyway, Trish, what you got? I'm going to give some love to a, to a dish that doesn't get a lot of love. It could even be considered a side, but it's such a staple. The crescent roll or sister Schubert's roll on a Thanksgiving plate is the glue of the dish. Like we're talking about. (laughs) Letting foods touch each other. You t- I was going to say, you talk about letting the foods touch. I mean, baby. the roll is it. the delivery yeah. for just about every food. You can dip it in mashed potatoes. You can dip it in gravy. You can cut it open and throw some turkey in there make a little sandwich. Yep. It's the most versatile piece on a Thanksgiving plate. The I roll. think you can go for like a homemade yeast roll, though. Like, let's this is Thanksgiving. Let's up it a little bit. Yeah, I mean, any, any, like, let's go I for mean, I, I, my grandma does crescent rolls that are very good, but hey, I know a lot of families out there love their sister Schubert's. So that, that's true. That is a that's an OG. The sister Schubert roll is OG. You like the pan, like the, or do you like the dinner rolls? Like, I like the, the dinner it, rolls. I don't like yeah, the little was, chicken mini like roll sister Schubert's things. I like those are good too. I like, I mean, they're good, good. but I love a nice size dinner roll with a good, good size pat of butter on there. Come on. That's good. Come on, bring it home. Come on. That does, that does, that does tie it all together. It really does. Yeah. The roll is not talked about enough uh, when it comes to Thanksgiving. Very, very important piece of the team. Yeah. Don't neglect the roll. Yeah. Well, guys, Thanks for listening. This has been Patriot Sports, part of the Six Pack Coverage Network. Be sure to check them out at Six Pack Coverage on Instagram and Twitter, sixpackcoverage.com. Be sure to check us out, patriotsports.blog, at patriot underscore sports on Twitter, and at patriot sports on Instagram. Guys, thanks again for listening. Have it's a been great a good Thanksgiving, one. and we will see y'all next week. <laughs> Paydirt out.